This Week with Lordship Community Church. I'm the Reverend Jeff Lukens, and I'm the pastor here. We worship live online each Sunday morning at thelordshipchurch.org slash live. Here is this week's scripture and message. Our first reading this morning comes from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. So then, from this point on, we won't recognize people by human standards. Even though we used to know Christ by human standards, that isn't how we know him now. So then, if anyone is in Christ, that person is part of the new creation. The old things have gone away, and look, new things have arrived. All of these new things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ, and who gave us the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, God was reconciling the world to himself through Christ by not counting people's sins against them. He has trusted us with the message of reconciliation. So we are ambassadors who represent Christ. God is negotiating with you through us. We beg you as Christ's representatives, be reconciled to God. God caused the one who didn't know sin to be sin for our sake so that through him, we could become the righteousness of God. And from the Gospel of Luke, all the tax collectors and sinners were gathering around Jesus to listen to him. The Pharisees and legal experts were grumbling, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Jesus told them this parable. 
A certain man had two sons. The divided his estate between them. Soon afterward, the younger son gathered everything together and took a trip to a land far away. There he wasted his wealth through extravagant living. When he had used up his resources, a severe food shortage arose in the country, and he began to be in need. He hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. He longed to eat his fill from what the pigs ate, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have more than enough food, but I'm starving to death? I will get up and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Take me on as one of your hired hands. So he got up and went to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was moved with compassion. His father ran to him, hugged him, and kissed him. Then his son said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quickly, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Fetch the fattened calf and slaughter it. We must celebrate with feasting, because this son of mine was dead and has come back to life. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field. Coming in from the field, he approached the house and heard music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked what was going on. The servant replied, your brother has arrived, and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf because he received his son back safe and sound. Then the older son was furious and didn't want to enter in. But his father came out and begged him. He answered his father, look, I've served you all these years, and I never disobeyed your instruction. Yet you've never given me as much as a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son returned, after gobbling up your estate on prostitutes, you slaughtered the fattened calf for him. Then his father said, Son, you always give me what I deserve, but I was wrong. You made me pay for the fattened calf. So the
You may be seated. Let us pray. God of the open doors, we often long to come home to you, to love and to ourselves, but we aren't always sure how we are to get there. We know that we need you, but the road back to you is heavy with distractions. So if we can dare to be so forward, we pray, reach into our hearts and minds and make yourself known. Quiet everything but your word for us today. Leave us awestruck. Drown out all the distractions. Come as thunder or come as a still, small voice. We don't care which, we just pray that you will come. Turn on the light, speak through these words. Find the parts of us that are lost. And so with hope we pray. Amen. There once was a man with two sons. And so begins one of Jesus' most famous parables. You know, the one popular titled The Parable of the Prodigal Son. You know, it's quite a challenge to preach these popular parables as everyone has their favorite interpretation of what it means. And so many of us have made up our minds uh, about it, so we stop listening. That can be dangerous, because when we stop listening, we stop learning. So we must challenge ourselves to keep listening again and again and again, opening ourselves up to the possibility that this story might have something new to say to us. Stepping into any parable, including, and even so, this much-loved parable like this, is like stepping into a river. You can never step into the same river twice. It was because I was open to listening to this parable that I was able to come to understand that I think this parable got named wrong. Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines prodigal in a couple of different ways. First, it's an adjective. It's a word that describes something as that is characterized as profuse and lavish. And as a noun, it's a prodigal is used who's, uh, is someone who spends recklessly or gives extravagantly. And while those two definitions do describe the younger son in the parable to some degree, I think they also describe the father. I, I mean, isn't he the one being lavish with his celebration when the, son, when the younger son comes home? This parable asks us to consider how God's grace is prodigal. That is, how, is it, is it ex, how that it is extravagant, it's lavish, it's illogical. It disrupts our, and expands our definitions of grace. And as we see, once again, that grace is never earned. 
So let's dive in. Excuse me. So often when we look at this parable from Luke 15, we focus on the younger son, and, you know, understandably so. It's, this parable is one of three parables about lost and found that happen in a row in Luke 15. They come right after each other. You have the parables of, parable of the lost sheep and the parable of the lost coin. And the prodigal son, again, is this classic story of being lost and found again of forgiveness and repentance. But in order to help us expand our ideas about grace, I want to focus more on the second half of the story. I mean, what happens after the younger son returns? And as I read this story over and over again this week, I began to wonder if what we are seeing are two very different reactions to grace. The first, as evidenced by the younger son, is when you are totally down and out and you receive grace with surprise and delight. The other, as seen in the older son, is when you have been working hard and trying your best and you get resentful towards grace because it makes all your efforts look overlooked or even worthless. It's like you aren't even being seen. And I think that these two responses reflect two different characteristics of ourselves. One, again, like the elder son, reflects our life in the world and our need to keep track of things, to count, to make sure things add up, to quantify and measure, and to compare and the like. And this counting is not just for counting's sake, but it's usually in the service of a larger goal of what we call fairness. We tend to track things, not because we need to be, but to keep things fair in our minds, to make sure things are running right and out of a concern for equity. But as important as counting is, there are times it just doesn't work especially in relationships, right? I mean, imagine counting every good thing someone did for you and using that to judge how much they loved you. Or imagine keeping track of every unhelpful or hurtful thing people in your life are doing to you and demanding payment or retribution. Hey, you called me a name, that's $5. Or even worse, demanding... Them, uh, imagine them demanding payment from you for your mistakes. You're in your own world and you bump into them accidentally and they demand $20. Just doesn't work, does it? What kind of relationships keep track of wrongs like that? Well, an unhealthy one for sure. So the dad in this parable does something that no respectable landowners in that era would ever do. He ran out to meet his wayward son the minute he spies him coming down, coming from a distance. As we, I mean, he, do, he doesn't even send a servant, as would be the custom when a guest approach. He sees him 
and he just dashes down the road, pulling up his robe so he doesn't trip, making a complete fool out of himself. Looks kind of funny, right? Yeah. Why in the world would we be so eager to see a son who claimed his inheritance early? That is the equivalent of wishing his dad was dead already. Not only that, he doesn't even give his son a chance to apologize. He interrupts his speech to embrace him and restore his position as son immediately. The father's scandalous behavior would have been the talk of the town at whatever the first century equivalent of the Chamber of Commerce might be. If any other landowner had seen it, they would be talking about it. But the father doesn't care because he's a dad, first and foremost, right? And he doesn't count the wrongs his son has done to him. He's only counting his lucky stars that his son came home. And if that isn't enough, the father then does something surprising and uncharacteristic of a wealthy landover, landowner for a second time when he leaves the party to go find the older son. He doesn't send a servant to, go, to order him to come. He goes out himself and he pleads and he begs his son to the party. He has to further embarrass himself as he's doing this begging. And just like er earlier, he does not care. Because once again, he's a parent first who loves both his children more than anyone can measure. So this is where all that counting breaks down. When you love so much that there is, there is no scale adequate enough to calculate your devotion. The older son, he can't stop counting. And you can hear his ill-fated math saturating everything he is saying. The older son says, after all these years, you never, as much as this son of yours, here in those words, is doing the math. But the father doesn't speak that way. He just can't speak that way. Love like this cannot be measured. It cannot be tracked. It cannot be managed. And the father extends love to the oldest son as well. Son, you are always with me. Everything I have is yours. Come to the party. Celebrate your brother who was lost and it is found, who is dead and now lives. Sadly, we don't know how the son responds. Luke leaves that detail to our imagination. But based on my experience with human nature, I'm pretty sure he spent the night sulking in the barn. Some people res just respond that way to extravagant grace and love. They just cannot believe that such kind of love exists. 
I've come to realize that each, each of the characters in this story, every single one of them, regardless of what they have done, receives grace. Both sons, one wasteful and, frust and one frustrated, receive the grace of their father. Even the father who could but isn't explicitly said to represent God experiences grace in his interactions with his sons. No one earned it, but rather it is something they all experience together. And so this extends to us as well. God's grace is so extravagant. It's so lavish. It is so illogical. And there is no limit to the grace we can experience with God because God puts no limits on grace. Our lives can be full, big, messy, complicated wrecks. And God's grace will still be there. So one of the prayers for one of the daily devotion e emails this week has this pr prayer, which I'll leave with you this morning. Holy God, help me to remember that when it comes to the story of the prodigal son, I play all three roles. I can make the same mistakes, but I can also make the same gracious choices. Therefore, help me be like the prodigal son who was quick to apologize. Help me to be like the older brother who aimed for righteousness. And help me be like the father who celebrated love at every turn. I can be all three. Amen. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. And you can visit us at www.thelordshipchurch.org where you can find a link to make a donation towards our ministries. Thank you and God bless.